0: Look beyond the Christmas cookies and the twinkling lights. Dig deep through mounds of wrapping paper, and there, hidden underneath it all, you'll find the true Christmas story. It's about the heart of God, loving us so much that he sent his only son, Jesus, into the world as a gift of life and hope for the future. Now that's a story worth hearing. The ultimate story that brings all of our stories together. That's The Christmas Story.
1: Good morning, New Hope. Merry Christmas to you. I am so glad you are here. Can you even believe that the Christmas season is upon us? Where did the year Go, Hey, I want to tell you about two things real quickly. First, we have the Tree of Hope set back up in the Rotunda. You probably saw it on your way in. Let me encourage you when the service is over to go out there to the Rotunda. There are tables around the Tree of Hope... We have over 800 giving opportunities that we've provided for all of the New Hopers to go into the community this season and shine the light of Christ. We are partnering with Durham uh, Cares. That's an agency. It's kind of a conglomeration of agencies, actually, that spreads the gospel of Jesus throughout Central North Carolina. And we are so excited. And uh, in preparation for that... A group of pastors and myself put together this video. You're going to love this. You might not be aware of this, but there's a solid group of pastors in this area that see one another as brothers and sisters in Christ and partnering together all on the same team for the calls of Christ. Watch this video that we put together as they also are doing similar things this year with the hope and the prayer that together... The bride of Christ might shine brightly, might be beautiful in central North Carolina this Christmas season. So check it out.
0: That's okay, it adds the ambiance. <laughs>
1: Do this, and you will live. But he wanted to justify himself, so he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? Uh, David McKnight, uh, out-of-work newspaper man, came to work in Durham in the 1970s at the Durham Herald Sun for $100 a week, and I'm almost making that now in music.
0: Came where the mine was, and when he
1: saw him, he took pity on him. He took pity on him. He took pity on him. He went to him, and he bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, took him to an inn, and took care of him.
0: The next day, he took out two silver coins and gave them to the innkeeper.
1: Look after him, he says. When I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? The expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. Jesus told him, go and do likewise. 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 Love your Durham neighbor.
0: Your Durham neighbor.
1: Your Durham neighbor. Your Durham neighbor. Your Durham neighbor.
0: Love your Durham neighbor as yourself.
1: have it, New Hope, lots of opportunities for us to shine bright the light of Christ. You know, the Bible says in Galatians 6, 9, let us not grow weary in doing good. This is an amazing opportunity for you with your children or your spouse or your single friends or your small groups to go out and shine the light of Christ this Christmas season. The second thing I want to tell you about this morning is I want to introduce to you Lee and Selena Thomas. They are from Lakeland, Florida, and you are going to love this couple. They met at Southeastern Bible School. Uh, according to Lee, Selenia fell head over heels in love with him, but I don't know about that. We'll have to confirm that. But they are a wonderful couple. They've got two kids, Isaac and Caleb And uh, they're just an amazing couple. Lee has been a youth pastor for many, many years, and then he was a senior pastor for many years at a church called Restoration Church. And uh, they are just a great couple, and we are so blessed to have them come this morning as Lee will come and break forth the Word of God for us. And, and I've told him he's got a great congregation to uh, speak to this morning. I've told him how you guys are, so I want you to just give him an amazing, warm welcome and receive him and receive the Word that he's going to preach to us this morning. He's going to be preaching from Matthew chapter 1, and uh, it's going to be a great, great day. Hey, I'm glad you're here. Um, I am in Indianapolis. I will be back next week. I can't wait. This will have been two weeks since I have preached here, so get ready. When I come off these breaks like this, I'm, I'm ready to sling it and bring it and preach the paint off of these walls because it's hard for me not to be with you and not to preach, so I just cannot wait to be back with you next week for part two of the story of Christmas. Invite those friends, and we'll see you next week. God bless. Love you guys.
2: All right, guys, give a new hope. Welcome to Mr. Lee Thomas, everybody. Good morning. Good morning. How many of you guys believe that God is absolutely faithful to his word? Okay, let me try it on this side. How many of you guys absolutely believe that God is faithful to His Word? Amen? Amen. Let's give the Lord a round of applause this morning. We serve the King of kings and Lord of lords. And when I think about that, it just really makes me say I'm absolutely small in the presence of God it's funny, you know, I, I know as a former pastor what it means to be away from your congregation. And I can tell you, I was talking to Pastor Benji first thing this morning, and he, is, he said, you know what, you better get on it, because when I come back, I can't wait to get back in the pulpit. You guys are probably attending one of the most amazing churches in North Carolina. And that is a testament... To Dr. Kelly's leadership. And so I just want to talk to you guys this morning. Today we're going to be looking at Matthew chapter 1, just as uh, Dr. Kelly had said. I'm going to call him Benji or Ben, or, so if you hear me refer to him, he can get me when he gets back. So that's one of those things. But I want to talk to you guys this morning about uh, Joseph. Joseph has sort of, for many, many hundreds and centuries, he's gone as the unsung hero. But before we do that, I just want to see if we can just raise the level of faith in the room. How many of you guys know that before Jesus showed up on the face of the earth, God was already up to something? I said before Jesus showed up on the face of the earth, God was already up to something. And what it makes me understand, if that principle is true, no matter what you're facing, I don't know what you had to overcome just to be here this morning. But I can tell you, in the midst of your pain, in the midst of your struggle, even in the midst of your celebration, God was already setting up things to be absolutely amazing for you because he loves you. So if you have your Bible, go ahead and turn to Matthew chapter 1. We're going to take a detailed look at Joseph. As you guys are getting ready, and it's probably going to come up the screen, um, I told uh, your pastor, I said, you know what? It's going to be funny because you're going to go through the same thing. How many of you guys have heard about all the drama that's surrounding the TIA and going through? We're in Tampa the other morning, Friday morning. We get to the airport, and they look at me, and they tell me, go stand where the footprints are. I'm like, oh, God, here we go. So I stand there, and they start patting me down, but it's not uh, aggressive, not part of the rumors, and then they say, okay, you can go get your stuff. So I step over there and I start putting my stuff and I'm looking over my shoulder and I'm saying to myself, oh my goodness, Sally's next. And so she's standing there and they really started getting kind of touchy-feely with her. And so I'm like, "Ah, oh, this is my wife we're talking about. So unbeknownst to me, we get through and everything else. And I saw and they had, you know, yeah, we won't go there. But we're sitting there and my wife, she put in her Facebook, she said, just went through uh, the uh, TSA um, and went through one of the pat-downs. And then she had the nerves to put, my husband doesn't even pat me down like that." (laughs) And needless to say, her Facebook blew up. Everybody's like, like it, like it, love it. Everybody's like, how dare you let your wife get pat down? We need to talk and all that stuff. And I'm saying to myself, you know what? At the end of the day, I'm learning through life, because I realize that I don't have it as bad as I sometimes make it out to be. I, You know, life is grand. I mean, I think about the commercials. Um, how many of you guys have seen or heard this one? This is my favorite series of commercials right now. Thank you for calling USA Prime Credit. My name is My name is Peggy, so you guys have seen that. But then there's also the lady who is uh, the target lady. Love her. The one, yeah, some of you ladies are like, maybe even some of you men are putting on your red jumpsuits and your, and it's funny. The favorite one I love is where she gets up and she's running through Target in a red jumpsuit, red high heels, and she has a parachute dragging behind her. One of those things. And when I look at that, it's starting to really say, don't take things so serious. Be able to laugh at yourself and, My wife is probably saying, yeah, you give me something to laugh at constantly. So, if you have your Bibles, we're going to look at Matthew chapter 1. Everybody knows the Christmas story. Everybody knows the Christmas narrative. We've heard countless sermons, and uh, uh, Pastor Benji, he's going to talk about it some more. The shepherds in the field, the wise men coming. Baby Jesus, Mary. But I'm convinced that Joseph is probably one of the unsung heroes of the whole Christmas story. I'm convinced that what Joseph had to do, because I don't know if you're aware of this, some 2,000 years later, we celebrate Christmas, but the first Christmas wasn't really a reason to celebrate. There was some scandal going on. Somebody was pregnant. And yet you see Mary's context of what she went through. It wasn't something to celebrate. It was a serious time. If I had to title today's time with you guys, it would be called The Gift That Keeps On Giving. The Gift That Keeps On Giving. We've heard it called many different things, but today I want to look at it from Joseph. I want to look at it from his perspective. Now, in order for this sermon or the next few moments to make any sense, I have to really uh, set it in context. So on one side, we're going to talk about what was uh, important. In case you weren't aware of it, Joseph was a Jewish male living back in biblical times. Now, that's important because you have to understand the Torah, which is the first five books of the Bible is what a Jewish male would study. It was something that they took and they would pass it on. It was called the oral tradition of the Torah or the spoken Torah because they didn't have printing presses and different things like that. And so what a young Jewish male would do is he would begin to memorize the first five books of the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Joshua. Just wanted to make sure you are awake. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. By the time a kid was six or seven years old, he had it memorized from beginning to end. And and so it became important to who that young man was. And they would begin to learn about it and study it and start uh, pulling out some of the deeper principles of it. But on the other bookend was this. It was not only a man's responsibility, but it was also his privilege to pass on that Torah to his children. I just want to let that sink in for a second. To his children, and especially his male children, and especially his firstborn male child. So that was his responsibility and his privilege to pass on what the Torah was really about. Matthew chapter 1. I have a tendency, and it's my favorite thing to do, that when we hit an important point in the text, a point that I think is worth noting, you'll hear me just pause a little bit, because it is my hope that you guys will just say, he paused. That must be important. I thought that would be funnier, but I guess it didn't go over well. <laughs> so let's move on. Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. Here's what it says. It says, now, that, and I'm reading from the New King James Version, and it says this. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. As after his mother Mary was betrothed. Now, that wasn't supposed to be funny. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. for he will save the people from their sins. And all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and shall bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Repeat that. God with us. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took to him his wife, and did not know her, till she brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. Wow. God, your word is absolutely amazing. Always has been. It is today. And there will never be a point where it isn't amazing. Lord, my prayer is that you would not only give us ears to hear give me insight and wisdom and and, and fill me with your spirit to speak it. But Lord, more importantly, that we would all pull from the truths of your word. God, I thank you for the privilege just to come hang out. New Hope has been absolutely amazing to my wife and I. It's been a great weekend, just having a good time. But Lord, now we dig into some of the truths of your word. And so may you Like a laser, point us to the truth that we can walk away and be richer in our lives. We ask this in your name and we all say, don't be cute about it. We all say, because when you say, "Amen," what you're saying is so be it. In other words, don't let Lee get up here and speak of itself. Let Lee get up here and speak of the truth. That's what whenever you say, "Amen," you're saying that is the truth. I receive it. But more importantly, I'm now going to live it out. Three points I want to go over with you guys today, so let's let's just hang out together. Point number one, Joseph gave Mary a gift by refusing to shame her. I don't think he waited until afterwards he gave her a gift by refusing to shame her. Here's where the Bible starts to get weird to me. The law allowed a man to divorce his wife. For infidelity. See, it's funny. Mary comes back from her cousin Elizabeth, and she comes back, and guess what? It's not Joseph, I'm glad to see you. It's Joseph, we need to talk, because I really don't know what's going on in my life. See, we celebrate some 2,000 years later, but the truth is, Joseph had and was giving his wife, well, she wasn't his wife at that time, but he was giving Mary a huge gift And ultimately, even to us today, by refusing to shame her. He could have done a couple of different things. He could have taken her and made a public mockery out of her. And he would have been well within his biblical rights to do something like that. But yet Joseph, he said, you know what? I've got to see this thing through. He didn't. Shame her. The ultimate gift that we can give this Christmas holiday is something amazing when we don't get caught up in all of the the the, the hype, all of the excitement of getting that PS3 or that PS17 or, you know, uh, the latest and the greatest phase. By the way, if anybody has Super Mario for Wii, let me know. See me out in the rotunda. i greatly appreciate it. But there's something important that we need to understand for this all to make sense. There is the word betroth. It's going to be in your notes in the bulletin. If you don't write very many things down, I want you to understand the word betroth. And if you're taking notes and the definition isn't there, the word betrothed is a huge word because he was betrothed to Mary. In biblical times, the male had certain rights that not even the female had. And I don't know why it's right, but it was the culture of the day. When a man was betrothed, first of all, he had to pay a price to even start the ceremony of going. But the ceremony wasn't just on the wedding day. It took place a year ahead of time where the families had already made arrangements, and then he had to pay a price. And during that time of betrothal, we don't see it anymore, um, it simply means it's a pledge to be Faithful despite, or let me read it directly. It says they pledge to remain faithful during a specific period of time regardless of another's fidelity. Anybody read in the Bible where it says, I'll never leave you or forsake you. That is God's way of saying, I betroth myself to you. I give myself to you despite if you are faithful to me, it doesn't matter because my love for you has nothing to do with your response to me. So here we have a character named Joseph who was faced with a choice because it was Mary who had to prove her faithfulness and her fidelity during that year-long period. But guess what? according to what he could physically see. She wasn't faithful. And yet at the same time, he chose to say, I'm going to be faithful even because I don't know what's going on. Sure, we know that the angels came and the angels spoke to him and said all of this, but imagine if you had lived, men in this room, imagine if you had lived back in those days and your fiance comes to you and you know that you two have not been intimate and yet all of a sudden somebody's got some explaining to do. And I look at this situation and I say, what kind of courage does it take to look and to go against all the odds? Joseph was a carpenter. Guess what? He's on the job site. Construction site was probably the same thing as it is today. Ooh, Joseph looks like somebody else has been. See, that's real. And that paints Joseph, his character. I've always wondered, what does it mean when it said, Joseph was a just man? A pledge to be faithful. A pledge to be faithful. And then we look at number two, warranted to number two. Joseph gave us a gift by taking Mary as his wife, even though the culture of that day said he should do otherwise. When a woman was... Unfaithful during that period, even if she looked at another man, what was determined as with eyes of affection, there were four ways of which she could be killed. I know this is kind of gloom and doom, but we're, you'll be glad you'll see where we're going. There were four things she could be stoned, which was considered the worst, she could be burned alive, she could be strangled, what we know as hanging, or she could be beheaded. She had no recourse. She was at the mercy of her fiancé. And into this Christmas story that we celebrate, after all, isn't that what Black Friday is about? How many of you guys got up for Black Friday? I had like two people in the first service. I know that's a lie. Anybody get up for Black Friday? Never went to bed. I wasn't prepared for that answer. But Black Friday, i would never been to Black Friday, honestly, until this year. <laughs> and I went to Walmart. <laughs> you know where I'm going with this, right? So I went to Walmart, and I didn't go there to shop. I went there for a comedy show. <laughs> so I get there about 3.30, I roll out of the bed. This was the first year my wife didn't go. She, I mean, she was just, I was shocked tell you the truth. But anyway, um, she didn't go, and so I got up, and so at 3.30, I get around Walmart, and I'm walking around, and I'm trying to see where is the most buzz about. And so I finally found, over by the electronics, of course, everybody's got to have a flat screen for $100. Um, So I get by the electronics, and then I back up a couple of steps, and I'm waiting for 5 a.m., and guess what? It was every bit that I hoped and dreamed for, because two seconds before... People were jumping in. I watched one lady grabbing like a portable DVD players, putting them in her cart, and as quickly as she could, somebody else was taking them out of the cart and going. <laughs> it was great. Absolutely amazing. And 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 I'm and I'm thinking in the midst, because Pastor Benji and I, we had been in contact, and I knew I was going to come up here and hang with you guys. And then it began to dawn on me this is what Christmas is about? Black Friday? Toys R Us? Which opened, I think, was it midnight? I don't know, down in Florida, it was at midnight. And and I'm looking at this and I'm saying to myself, wow. Culture is strong. It will pull you much further than you ever want to go in directions that you don't want to go. Buying gifts for people that you don't really like. <laughs> Anybody have this addiction? You get a Christmas card or a Christmas gift from a coworker or somebody you didn't expect, and you're thinking, oh God, i got to go out and buy a gift for them now. When you get delivered from that like I've been delivered from that, you will be absolutely amazed. It takes off stress. It takes off pressure. But yet this is something that Joseph was inserted to. Do I go with culture or do I go and go against the stream of the the pool of Christmas? Listen, I'm not saying don't go out and, and buy the PSPs and buy the gifts and the Barbie dolls and the Toy Stories and whatever's popular this year. Listen, do that. But what I'm saying is how many of us in this room are going to say, let me go deeper and look for a gift that's going to keep on giving long besides December 26. Because every parent in the room knows that the toy is going to be broke by before Christmas Day is over. At least my boys are, I'm telling you. They're like, ah! And so it becomes one of those funny things. But I want to tell you to resist the strong pull of culture this year. Let Christmas be something that you celebrate. Let Christmas be a time of joy. Don't get caught up. Don't believe the hype that the world has created. Believe the hype that our God who created everything has enjoyed and endured for us. This is where we can place our hope. This is where we can place our trust. Hmm. The second bookend that I mentioned earlier was a father's responsibility to invest into the life of his child. <sighs> a father's responsibility. All oh, the ladies should be elbowing their husbands like something crazy in here. I'm just waiting for the first guy to go. Ah. But it was his responsibility. See, scandal surrounded that first Christmas, not uh, snowmen. Scandal surrounded that first Christmas. But that father, Joseph, had a responsibility to talk about what, and I could be speculating, I could be maybe reading more into the text, but understanding what a father's responsibility was back then. I just have to speculate of Joseph saying, I could have had your mom stoned to death. That some 30 years later, when Jesus is there and he kneels down into the sand, because they brought to him a woman caught in the act of adultery, and they're ready to stone her. And I said to myself, maybe Jesus was responding out of who he was because he was completely God. But maybe he had picked up on what his earthly father, Joseph, had already taught him that in life you're going to face some strong challenges. You're going to face people telling you what you should do, what you could do, what you could be if you would just do this. You don't need that person. That person's not good enough. You're too good for that. And yet Joseph somewhere, I just have to believe it, even though the text doesn't tell us, but culture does, that he had already prepared Jesus for moments like that. And when I look back in my life, I say, God, what am I sending to my children? What gift am I giving them? And finally, huh, Joseph gave the world a gift by giving his son the name of Jesus. That is an amazing fact. Because it was a father's right to name his son and he called him Jesus. But we know what the world calls children without a father. And yet Joseph steps into this and he says, I don't know. And if there's a, there's a, there, there's a, 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 almost a nugget that if you miss it, you won't even notice it's there. And it says this in verse 25. Let me start at verse 24, and it says, Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took to him his wife. That means that without questioning her, even though the doubt was probably in his spirit, he just went and took her as his wife. He didn't do it according to the customs of the day. He stepped into it. And verse 25 says this, And he did not know her till she had brought forth her her firstborn son. That right there is one of the most amazing facts. To resist your right for the sake of another is truly what Christmas is about. Let me say that again. To resist your rights. Every parent in the room is saying, yeah, my checkbook reflects it. But I look into that story and I say, wow, he gave his son the name of Jesus. That's absolutely amazing. Yeah, praise God, because the Bible tells us that the name of Jesus is the name that's higher than any other name. It's the name that separates itself from Buddha, from Muhammad, from Krishna, from uh, Islam, and every other thing. It's the name of Jesus in that one day. See, Joseph was taking upon himself a dream. If I'd have had that dream, I'd have just started with some bad pizza. Well, I didn't have pizza, some bad, yeah, whatever they had back in those days. But to take a dream that goes against that which is normal, is absolutely amazing. When you guys get out there in the malls, when you're on your jobs, when you're feeling bad about, I can't get my son or my daughter. Listen, I'm not against gifts. Buy them the greatest gifts. Buy them what they want sometimes. Buy them definitely what they deserve. Mine are getting underwear for Christmas. That's probably what they're saying. (laughs) But at the end of the day, Joseph provides a demonstration of what Christmas is really about. Giving up those things that you feel that you're entitled to. I'm entitled to an iPad. I want one bad. But at the end of the day, it goes much deeper. My wife and I, recently... We are talking a couple weeks ago. I didn't even introduce my wife. Oh my goodness. I'm going to pay for this one. Sally, extend grace to me. This is my beautiful wife, Selenia. If you can stand up yeah. and just wave to everybody. <clears throat> if you guys hear Florida man assaulted in the parking lot of New Hope Church, it's me. We're talking in the kitchen. We had just come back from church and We're just having one of those banters back and forth, talking about service and some of the great points that our pastor had made. And uh, I look over to her, and it was a moment of truth in my heart. And I was talking with her, but I was really talking to myself. Anybody ever had one of those moments where you're just randomly, casually talking and interacting with somebody else, but the truth is really being directed at you? And I remember looking at her, and I said, you know, if America continues as it is, and We Christians don't stand up and take the place that God has given us. And if other faiths just all around the world continue to be bold about what they believe, the time is going to come where America as we know it will no longer exist. And I remember looking at my wife in the kitchen. Of course I was in the kitchen. I'm always in the kitchen. Anyway. (laughs) And I remember looking over at her and I said, You know, long after we're gone, Sally, even after our boys are probably gone, I said, there's going to be one of our great, 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 great granddaughters who's going to be faced with the choice of either standing for God or bowing out to the world. And maybe her life might actually be on the line. And I remember looking at my wife, but I was talking to myself, and I simply said this. I said, Sally, will they know who we are because we taught them how to live for God? Will they remember? I said, when your great-granddaughter is about to lose her life for the sake of the cross, will they be able to say, I will go boldly, I won't back down, I will have courage, and she will be able to say, because of what my great-great-great-grandma Sally did. And although I was talking to her, and I remember the surprised look on her face, and it was a moment of just open honesty that we both looked at each other and realized we don't have an answer for that. Because maybe we've been living for Sally and Lee and just Isaac and Caleb. So this morning, as we close, let me end with my response. Because how many of you guys truly know, and Dr. Benji, I know he, 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 he's taking you guys on this journey. When truth engages your life, you are left with a choice. Either respond or ignore or let culture tell you, It doesn't really matter. You'll be just fine. In my hands, I hold a journal. I wish I could say it was an all-prayer journal, but if you guys looked at it, you see. But my boys see me with this journal all the time, and I've got some business thoughts. I have my own business and and different things like that, and so I've sort of journaled out business plans. It has uh, Bible studies in it. It has a whole bunch of things, and my boys see me writing in it all the time. But I was faced with the true fact of this. Lee, chances are as soon as you go into the grave, thus far, you can't say definitively if you've done or have given any gifts that will outlast you. And it was at that moment of truth, that moment of engagement in my life, where I was faced with a choice. And since my boys recognize this journal, and I'm a, I'm going to be honest. Sometimes they've seen they, they've seen me spend more time with this than they have with this. But I was forced to a decision since they have seen me engage with this book often, I said, today is the day that I'm going to start living beyond Lee, beyond my wife. And I want to challenge you guys into this Christmas season to say, after all of the paper has been shredded, like it went through a a credit card shredder, And it's everywhere on Christmas morning. After you've eaten breakfast and chocolate chip pancakes and bacon and eggs and all of the great things that come along with it. To take it one step further. And to ensure to your children and your friends and your family. So I took this journal this past week and here's what I wrote. I said, Isaac and Caleb and to those who come after When all else fails, when people, family, friends, and foes come against you, always remember and don't forget, when God is first in your life, you will always be a winner. Isaac and Caleb and those who come after, always remember and never forget that the Bible is the only book ever written that can be trusted because it's the only book that is truth. And here's the last point I wrote to my boys. Isaac and Caleb and those who come after. Long after your mother and I are gone, this journal will hopefully one day show you both the good and the not so good choices that I've made. But one thing is certain, that the Bible is the best book ever written. My challenge to New Hope this morning is to not receive this as doom and gloom, but to receive it as a fresh opportunity. Max Lucado has a book out now. It's called Outlasting Your Life. I just seen it uh, yesterday or the day before. And I didn't get a chance to purchase it or anything else, and I haven't read it. But I know Joseph outlasted his life. There's one person named Lee Thomas who caught a hold of the sacrifice that he made. And I've been forever changed. I hope that new hope that as you guys go, even as you travel to the malls this afternoon to do some additional shopping, that you will say, okay, you guys gather around. And at the end of that time of celebration will be a time of great challenge where you can go forth And be dads, who God has called you to be. You can be moms, who God has called you to be. Co-workers, you can be great co-workers that God has challenged each of us to be. And after it's all over, you can sit with your children around you on the couch and simply say, the book of Luke says, that in those days there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that the whole world should be taxed tell them the story. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you this morning. My prayer is that each of us would be challenged with this time to stand up. Challenges are not always easy, but boy, they bring out the absolute best. And the reason why I can preach this and to teach this to New Hope is because I know that the pastor of this church has already been laying the groundwork. He and Amy Lynn have been doing amazing things. And so, God, we absolutely thank you that New Hope Church exists in the city of Durham and that the people, the individuals of New Hope Church will say that this Christmas, after all the honking horns and the the, the, the constant reminders that we have to give more and to be more, Let us truly embrace the challenge of Joseph and let's give beyond Christmas Day. We love you and it's in Christ's name we pray, amen.